You're listening to the Vocal Fry Podcast, your weekly dash of voice science, pedagogy, and pop culture. Coming to you from your semi-occluded vocal tract, have you practiced today? This thing, because... Uh, oh, boy. Anyway. Well, I, can't, I can't keep up with you guys and all your clever things that you do. Lordy, lordy. <laughs> <laughs> It, <laughs> well, it has been, uh, it's been quite the summer. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, and thanks for everything you've done. Good oh, my Lord. goodness. The boot yeah. camp, presentations, articles in math, and just yeah. uh, talking with Alan, you know. <laughs> yes. He's so much smarter for all this. <laughs> yeah, Alan, we, we all owe Alan a great deal for his leadership the past oh, uh, we sure do. six yeah, months. Yeah. Yeah. So, and oh, yeah. and your leadership, and so vocal fam, welcome. Mm-hmm. We have Nat's immediate past president, Karen mm-hmm. Brunson, with us today on Vocal Fry. Karen, welcome to Vocal Fry. Oh, it's really yes. thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Oh my goodness, our absolute pleasure. So, oh my goodness, yes. What does it feel like to be and now immediate past president <laughs> of well, Nat's? It was, it was so unbelievably intense uh, at the end of my term. As <laughs> you know. I can't imagine why. I mean, what? Oh, yeah. For sakes. Uh, but all good stuff. I just, I love the intensity. I relished it. And I am, have so much, I've never had so much free time. You know, I was supposed to be in Edinburgh. I was supposed to be in Canada. I was oh. Everything gone. I have never in my life had time free like this. Never. And I would always fill it up with something, you know. You can be do some summer thing, you know. Oh, and yeah. So, uh, so I love doing all that. But guess what? I also like being at home. I didn't know I'd like that so much. And I am, I will officially say that I have reached a point of boredom. Oh, in- wow. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what else to redo or remake or, you know. <laughs> but thankfully, we're still busy with Nats, like Matt. I mean, we're still... <laughs> yes. We, we, we took a strategic plan out to all 14 regions. So we had 14, about an hour and a half meetings yep. over the past two or three weeks. Yeah, we had ours with Carol and Diana, I don't know, two weeks ago, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So I got to be part of those, and I skipped three of them, but uh, I had to. But, so it's been great. And, you've I mean, done you've done yeoman's work uh, in terms yeah, of yeah. your your video conference calls. Oh yeah, we're we're good with Zoom, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's, for it. Oh my goodness gracious! I mean, you know, what a what a what a crazy time to be alive. <laughs> you know, well, I, it just doesn't even feel hard. real. Yeah. I, yeah, I will agree that you know it's been interesting because. For me, this last six months, I actually a friend of mine um, runs a blog. He runs a, just like an old old school blog on the uh-huh. on, online, and and he asked uh, all of his artistic friends to write these blog posts, um, basically about like what I did during the pandemic. Oh. <laughs> and um, I, I sort of put it off for about a month after he asked me to do it. And then a, about a week or two ago, I, I finally wrote him, um, 
And, you know, it was just sort of weird looking back over everything our team has done uh, because we've just been, I mean, I remember on the 7th of March or so, we started and Ian and Chadley and Kayla and Josh and I haven't stopped. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you are in the company of geniuses and you are among them, too. I uh, know. I, I owe it. I, I'm not. I, I think I'm just the comic relief of the bunch. But, um, but you know, it's been <laughs> interesting. I, 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 too, so many people were really stressed last spring by the tech and by everything. And, mm-hmm. I was. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I feel for that very much. Like, I, like, I'm very empathetic to that. But at the same time, like, for me, I'll be honest, there's a part of me that's a real homebody, and I have relished not having to go anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't know that when we first found out about it. The panic to get onto Zoom in your home. Oh, and the panic, oh yeah. Oh my gosh, Wi-Fi doesn't work. And so we we lifted. I'm gonna take my camera off and just show you my setup. Please. Okay. <laughs> okay, so this is sort of silly. This is yeah. great, Vocal Fam. Okay, so you can't see this. I love so it. she's got her piano with a monitor over that there. Fantastic. Yeah, that came up two flights from the basement. So oh jeez. Oh. Yeah. At least it wasn't the full upright. No, right, but you sh- we're not young people, and we're moving that thing. Oh, you guys did it yourselves. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we, we, yeah nobody can come in here. That's that true. There used to be a, a sofa. Well, we took that out just a couple weeks ago, just my <laughs> husband and I, and, and then and now I'm, I'm, I'm at my desk here. So Fantastic. Kind of, I like it. My closet full of all my stuff, but I just think, it, and I know I'm just one of millions who have, you know, tried to make their teaching place more comfortable, you know, because I'm going to spend a lot of time here. And I have during the conference. Oh, my gosh. You still live here. Yeah. 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 This wasn't set up like that then. So I've developed great phobias about where is my cursor? Where did it go? (laughs) You know, and which, which screen is it on? And I know I gave one thing where I had to make a, an opening comments. And so we had all those people in, in California who were helping us. And finally, I had my, my little thing that I was reading off of, my script. And I was reading away, and I didn't have my I, – I was turned off. I was muted. Oh, so, no. I have mutophobia. And <laughs> – for a minute, it was like a minute. I talked and talked and talked, but you know, it was what, a live stream. You know, hello. The morning we logged on to the boot camp, I was like, "Okay, Josh, we cannot be the be- guys who are talking about the technical stuff and then screw up the technical stuff." Oh, you guys are incredible! <laughs> oh my god! Oh my yeah. gosh! Well, I'm I'm getting to do that again twice this weekend. I'm getting it to do it for Gold Coast Nats on Saturday mm-hmm. for okay. their chapter, and then Alan and Josh and I are going to do it all again on Sunday for Voice Foundation. Oh, wonderful! Wow. Um, okay, so we're that. doing it two more times this weekend. Right. Okay, Voice <laughs> Foundation. I got to write that down. There, uh, there. It was like for their chapters, and I guess this time uh, it's going to be like translated into Spanish and Portuguese. Wow, um, that's awesome! Man, we've never been so needed. <laughs> right? I guess. Thank you so much. Um, so anyway, uh, so we got to get to the we got to get to the nitty gritty here because we want to hear about your book um, because Vocal yes. Fry has a. Vocal Fry has a very important announcement, which is that 
Vocal Fry, other, we, we've partnered with NatsCast, and that's a partnership, so it was appropriate for us mm-hmm. to talk about Nats here at the front end. But also, Vocal Fry is now officially sponsored, coming to you from Plural Publishing. And we are going to do about six or seven um, author features this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karen's our first, and, and I'm going to drop this episode in about uh, two weeks, Karen. Um, right. And uh, so we're here now, sponsored by Plural Publishing. Uh, yeah, go, go, yeah, you guys. Go oh. check out Plural Publishing's website. All your uh, voice pedagogy, SLP, medical uh, books, and um, you know, so we're gonna have some authors on this year. And Karen is our inaugural. Uh, wow, first one. Our inaugural plural wow. guest. <laughs> um, but before we get into the book, just. You know, so the vocal fam, I mean, obviously, if they're familiar with Nats, people are familiar with you. But tell us a little bit about your journey, your now storied career, you know, at Northwestern and, and before. Mm-hmm. Tell, how, how did you how did you come? You know, did you have a common path uh, to singing? I don't know that there is such a thing, but how did you get here? I did not have a common path. I'm I like it. Very, very average. <laughs> um, and I, I grew up in Iowa. And I had great choral experience, and I love choirs. And I went to Luther College, and I'm Scandinavian, so that fit in just fine. Perfect. And um, loved singing in choir. I had no goals to be a soloist, but I kept getting solo things. <laughs> and so you follow the money. And um, I did go to Yale for one semester, and then I quit. Who does? <laughs> I did that. I was studying. I, it was just incredible there, and I, I just was unhappy so I came home and I got married and you're not supposed to do that either and um 43 years later that's who's been helping me get my piano up and down the stairs oh. and, and the sofa so yeah um so my terminal degree is actually a BA from Luther College perfect and, and from that but you know you don't quit learning and now, I mean, I'm thinking about where Nats is with everything that they offer for professional development, and I can't believe it. You know, it's we just are learning so much and from mm-hmm. each other. You know, Chadley Ballantyne is a contributor to my book. Aaron Johnson, Dr. Aaron Johnson, is a contributor to my book and a former student of mine, too. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was the first year that I uh, taught at Northwestern. Um, oh. Aaron was my 17-year-old freshman. No way. Yeah, yeah. So he, when he he presented on a panel in 2016 when we were here in Chicago, and he had a picture of he and I when he was an undergraduate, mm-hmm. and then next to it one that we'd taken just the day before. Oh. He was talking about the aging of the voice, so it was perfect. Oh, oh yeah. my goodness! Yeah. How fantastic! Well, he's gone yeah. on to be incredibly successful in the field. Isn't that cool? Wow! You know, just so cool. And so, you know, it's just been good fortune. I did. A, I had a nice career doing uh, mezzo soprano things, especially um, oratorio and concert. And I like to hold music, and a little, and a little <laughs> bit of opera. And of course, I was always the silly mezzo then. Um, so I just think, I think it's been a rich upbringing and I did it my way and I did it from my wanting to be a mom and wanting to Mm. be a teacher first, all those things Mm -hmm. first. And I had no idea that I would, I had no plans ever to be any kind of a scholar and I don't think I am yet. So I disagree, but, but you know, you live and learn and 
it just started happening for me that I would save recordings of my son, who's now 37, oh. and I would record my nieces, and I would record my great grandma, or my grandma and my great aunt. So I have recordings of people that I, the first time I presented was for Chorus America, and I had um, videotapes, um, all everything, CDs. I mean, think way back. I had reel to reel, um, the whole deal. And um, for our so, millennials, reel to reel, there were actually a tape on two reels. Oh, oh right, yeah. millennials. Okay, there were Sarah. There were tapes. They were little, and I know you about put the them eight. in. <laughs> Sorry, like a cassette tape. I don't. I don't know what a reel to reel is, though. <laughs> oh my God. You lost me there. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, Karen. Okay. So, so I had recordings of myself too. Not, not before I was seventeen years old, though. I can't. I haven't figured out how to get those made into something. Ah. But anyway, so I went and I did a presentation. I had ages of three years old up to a hundred and three that I could wow. play. Wow. And um, I just thought that was really incredible. So I would call it the evolving voice profound throughout the years or, you know, something like that. And um, then I, I thought, well, you know, I got to say stuff when I'm doing these presentations. So I started just talking about aesthetically how things sound different. Then I thought, you know, I could be looking up a few things. So I started to, and then I became an addict. And, <laughs> ah. um, I could not stop doing it. And I, I was amazed. Uh, one of the first things that amazed me was the baby. You know, in the oh. baby, their their mouth is one. It's one like this. It doesn't go. It doesn't arch. You know, it's like this, and the yeah. larynx is right there. Yeah. And uh. their their velum um, goes up, and their palate goes down, and they touch. And so they have to breathe through their nose all the time. And this way, because those are all happening, they can eat and suckle at the same time. And hmm. I, just, I thought, oh my gosh. And not being a scientist um, and or knowing anatomy, I learned it really fast through that. And then I started telling the story and <clears throat> people loved that. So, Absolutely. and I loved telling it. It was to think that we changed so much. Our instrument is nothing like it is when we're a baby. Yeah. It's completely different. Our proportions are different. Then I found out, you know, all the different ways that you grow somatically and neural and lymphoid and, you know, all, all these words. And I those are not in my vocabulary. Um, and I really understand better all about it and can tell it in plain language than I can tell you with big words. I'm, that's yeah. just how I am about everything. Yeah. And then it was, uh, it just got more and more and more like that. And my mom is, um, she's written a book about uh, Norwegian uh, genealogy and customs and things when our family came from Norway. And I was complaining, you know, that I, you know, I'm looking for stuff. I find nothing written about this stuff other than I'm getting it from all third party sources, you know, mm -hmm. so if I wanted to find out how do the cartilages of the larynx, how do they ossify over time? So I finally found a picture of it and I went, wow, that's it, there it is. But it was a whole, the research was for um, emergency medical practitioners uh, right. and to make sure that they didn't mistakenly mistake the cartilage getting hard, you know, and it shows up on an X-ray then and shows his bone or is it something actually in the throat? 
because you don't want to go down there with an instrument if you don't have to. And so, but that showed us, you know, then we can see as it, as it does ossify, it gets just like in your thirties, it's a bit ossified from the back of the thyroid forward. And then, um, but it's got enough give that that really is optimal. You know, mm-hmm. you get enough give but enough stability in the larynx too. And you start relating this to other things and keep reading, you know, so it was, I call all of it kind of an oops. You know, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is a cool story. Yeah. It was also, for me, it was a living story. You know, so when I think of people, uh, when I do presentations, I play examples of people. Um, well, I from three months old, we hear a baby cry yeah. all the way to 103, you know, but then I, I have myself. And so I'll play myself at 17. Then I'll play myself doing my first Verity Requiem at 26, which is ridiculous, but it was fun. <laughs> okay. Yeah, 26, 36, 54, you know, and you can hear how the voice changed over time. You can hear when menopause happened. Mm-hmm. You can, I can mm-hmm. talk about it. I'm fine with that, you know, and it's easy to get permission from myself to do this. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. And then my son, too, he, had a, he he's not hasn't followed his music, but he had a great voice. And uh, to hear him through, we have him at three years and yeah. at eight years and at 14 years and at 17 years. And, you know, so um, pretty cool. How pretty fantastic. Cool. How fantastic. Um, so when, when did you approach plural? Did they approach you? I um, approached them about, I'd say, 14 years ago oh with my. this idea. And and they got back to me they changed personnel there was a lot of sure yeah and then i'd given up on it and um i wasn't very aggressive about anything and you know another oops and um they called me and said they wanted me to be a um a consulting editor and i said that'd be great great and then I was ready just to leave it at that. And they brought up, we have in our files that you put forward this idea for a book. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I figured it wasn't really something that was needed since they, no, they wanted it. And so I thought, wow, okay. Yeah. So that's when I be, became an author. And so when you're, at what point in the process of, you know, obviously you've been you've had these ideas about you know trying to put some sources together on 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 lifespan voice and this kind of idea at what point during the writing process did you think you know what i i really need to get some other you know maybe sort of expert opinions to be with me on this i mean like talk because you have what an all-star lineup mm-hmm. of contributors to your book. I mean, oh my gosh, yeah. How um, did that come about? That didn't happen when I was. I knew it when I first started. You know that I really needed. I needed other people, and I knew them, mm-hmm. and I thought that was really cool. Yeah. So Chadley's in there, um, which I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michiel Beauvais is, uh, and I teach at Northwestern, so there were people from Northwestern that I wanted to use. So Michael Beauvais is a, an otolaryngologist there. And then Peter Wigreich is um, a speech language pathologist and he specializes in children. Mm. Awesome. And then Nathan Waller is somebody that we've used a lot at Northwestern to hear our students and to work together with them to get some, um, just for, so they can do some diagnostics with them and sure. use that with students as well. 
-hmm. And then Aaron Johnson, and he always was really interested in the aging voice, the older voice. And so I learned so much from them. And I remember working with Chadley. He would talk so far above my head. <laughs> I, knew it was me. I knew it was me. and I. But I wanted my book also to be something that people could use who are not that savvy with yeah. that logo. And most of us are not that savvy. His understanding of it, you know, is, you know, that that those three guys, Ian Howell and Ken Bozeman and Chadley Ballantyne, holy smokes, they mm -hmm. have set the world on fire. And um, so he learned a lot through the process and I learned so much through the process too. I'm sure. We're both so grateful for uh, that collaboration. It was really dynamic with everybody and with Aaron too. Um, and Aaron is, you know, I had no idea he was such a, an expert and his, but he comes from having had a 10 year career before that too, right. as a singer. Yeah. Right. And, you know, and I remember way back when his goal, I had told him some somewhere in our, um, in our education process that I had the most students I had ever taught in a, in a week were I had 72 students, you well, know? I was an independent teacher. A lot. <laughs> and yeah, you know, so I'd go $4 a half hour, ka-ching, 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 you know, and um, I added it up and the more I worked and the more I taught and I loved teaching and I did seem to have a knack for it. People seemed to get better. And yeah, but honestly, we didn't have all this stuff that we're doing now. And now it's so cool to take that and compare it. Like I would do a neg uh, my favorite exercise, everybody knows I do it, is giggity, 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 goo. Well, that's a semi-occlusive party in your head, you know? <laughs> and it just sparks overtones. It sparks things to be clear and efficient. And I had no idea, but that, that was something I used from the first voice lesson I ever taught. Mm -hmm. And people would get better from it, and I wasn't sure why. So <laughs> anyway, so it, it was... Aaron was proud that he taught, I think it was 78 lessons a week. Oh, he had students in one week. You know, so there, you know, he has a work ethic, you know, and he's got a mind. Oh, his whole family is amazing. Just amazing. So what what was something that, you know, you were mentioning, like the idea that, you know, in consulting with all these people and having contributing authors, what was something that you yourself maybe did learn or that caught you off guard about any stage of, 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 of lifespan voice that, 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 that's in the book that you were like, I didn't, I really did not know that. Well, the baby thing, I really did not know. Uh -huh. Yeah. I really did not know that. And I did not know the hormone thing of men. And the hormone story of males is really interesting. That blew my mind. Um, and so I, I included it, you know, but first you have to become sort of an expert on it before you're going to write it down. <laughs> then after you're an expert, you can turn it into your own language. That's right. And, and so the way it is, is that about seven, six or seven weeks of age, um, if you're going to be a male, testosterone just goes catapulting up like mad. Mm -hmm. And then towards birth, that's intrauterine. That's a word I learned too. I didn't know that extrauterine is after birth and intrauterine is when you're in See, there. See, you do know all I, the words. Yeah. <laughs> two words, two words. Woohoo. Uh, <laughs> so, but it went, it just goes spiking up and then towards birth, it goes down. 
and then right after birth it spikes up again and then it goes down again and then it lays dormant until puberty i just thought it was dormant you know and you would hear that that girls and boys are the same very much the same as children they're actually not you know there are differences in the way that they grow because males are soaked in testosterone and females are not you know and so it's a it's a big difference of how you're born and how that's going to play out in your life so absolutely you know um one of the things that i've been trying to change in my own practice and my own pedagogy courses because i mean I'll, i'll be i'll be full confession in given my job and and what i do most of my own studio time is spent basically teaching 18 to 25 year olds. I mean, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but one of the things that I've tried to change in my ped courses is trying to make sure that I'm giving my music ed majors who are going to be, you know, K to 12 educators yeah. or, or, or even my grad students like Sarah, who mm-hmm. former grad students who end up teaching 14 year olds, 13 year olds, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and also prepare. I have one grad student, former graduate student, former doctoral student, actually, she's out. Um, and now her primary demographic she's got a huge packed studio with a waiting list and her primary demographic is working professionals who are just avocational singers they have no aspiration to be you know whatever and she's having a great time she's like i don't have the pressure of like college auditions for these high school students and whatever Mm -hmm. and most of them just want to come and sing for half an hour i mean just because they enjoy it but i've so i've been trying to work that into my ped courses this idea that look you need to be ready to not just when i first started teaching pedagogy like almost 15 years ago now i thought well my ped course was basically like trying to teach people how to be me (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) but that's but that's not what it is anymore you know and um i mean to have a source like this come along is is wonderful but who i mean so if if our listeners like what what is your primary target audience with the book like who do you want this book in the hands of i want moms and dads to read it about their children and think about how their children's voices are going to evolve over time and then enjoy the journey that i got to hear i want uh, music educators in fact i feature some music educators and some small things in here Mm -hmm. Um, i want them to read the book too because it applies to them and i talk about the voice from the beginning to the end and i want church choirs to read the book and church Mm -hmm. read the book because they're dealing with the older voices and i'm one of them and it's all real and they are singers and I'm not about, I mean, I have singers who've sung at the Met and are singing around the world. Yeah. And I got to do a fair amount of it too. But I don't feel any different about my singing than I did when I was playing my ukulele and my guitar and leading church yeah. you know, and, and chesting it like mad. You know? <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel any different about if I'm, I've had fun. I don't think I've worked a day in my life. You know, mm-hmm. and so it's for every man. And I hope that it appeals to every man. And um, yeah, that's, that's, awesome. that's my goal. It's, I don't think singing is just reserved for careers. And that no. hardly is reserved for careers. That's, that's, boy, is that the, 
Is that the truth? And I oh, mean, yeah. and who even knows? I mean, in a post-COVID world, what in the world a career for any of us is going to look like? I mean, it's right. You know, right. Oh yeah, we still have pride in our voices. You know, we well, still want to sing good. And I yes. love the idea of like parents reading it because I mean, I think so often, you know. You have parents that are like, oh, I have no idea where my kid got his singing from. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they, they it seems so foreign to them. And I yeah. like the idea that that would make it so much more approachable. Well, and also, if I can do it and understand it, they can. Yeah. You know, and so also the book, I mean, Plural is a highbrow publishing company. Mm -hmm. they, I mean, Dr. Sadloff as you know, incredible stuff that's available there. And and the others that I know, Kari Reagan just her book just went out and I got to read it in advance and give her some thoughts about things. And <laughs> that was that is really fun to do. Um, but so it had my I wanted my book to be both um, comfortable and personal. But it does have some science and anatomy and fundamentals. It absolutely it. does. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, you know, but I, 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 I agree that you don't present it in a, in a, like a highbrow, hard to understand way. I don't think no. any of it is. I think it's very approachable. Well, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and I, and I mean, <laughs> I mean, so often, uh, you know, I think part of the problem maybe that, sometimes where we've gotten to in our profession is sometimes there's a little bit of a a barrier maybe put up in the fact that sometimes we're using words just to use big words right um, pretentious just and, a and and i don't i don't sense that in any right. way good here um another challenge was um some people thought uh, I mean, I had wonderful reviewers for the book, too, that really gave it the once over big time. And boy, I appreciated all of their comments so much. Ken Bozeman was one of them. And um, one of the things was, should I be doing this rather than doing it on a, along a timeline? Should I do it rather than rather I could talk about it as the the breath? the support system yeah mm -hmm. more or like a pet book would be laid out yeah the, the vibrator or the resonator because you can do that too and sometimes in presentations that's exactly what i do yeah but i really wanted it so that um you know a kindergarten teacher could you know take it primary education person could take it go okay this is normal okay mm -hmm. <laughs> okay there we go this is normal and i don't go into big problems um with sure. anything uh, I just go, this is how a healthy voice will kind of progress mm -hmm. and yeah. the potential at different ages. These are what you can expect somebody to be able to do. And, and I think that's actually one of the things that I found to be really valuable is that that perspective, what you should expect in a voice of this life stage. Right. You right. Know, I, I think that that is, um, that is so, that was so needed, you know? Yeah. Um, because you're right. What, what you said was right. I, I totally agree. The idea that there was a lot of this information out there from like a third source or a secondary source or whatever, that you could go and find an article on this specific little thing or, yeah. or, or what have you. But I think that having this in one place, um, you know, particularly, particularly if, if you know, if you were, if you were training teachers and, and, you know, 
to be ready to to go into yes. into practice. I mean, Sarah, you've been living it for the last two years. I mean, oh, yeah. you never know what age you're going to end up teaching. So, and, Sarah, what have you taught? What what ages have you taught? Mostly middle school girls, actually, which is not what I was expecting. Um, mostly middle school girls. A few like starting at eight is probably the youngest oh. I, I've taught. Um, yeah, you know, like. I think there was one six-year-old, but I only taught her for like a month, basically like taught her a song to sing at Christmas. Um, yeah, it was real. It was, she was actually, she was adorable. It was probably one of the cutest things I've ever seen. Oh, and then a few high schoolers. That That's predominantly what I've had. And that's how I started. My husband okay. was a high school choral director. Uh-huh. And, I didn't know oh. that. Yeah. Yep. And so I would, I started out at his school. And so those kids were 13 to 19, you know, yeah. the, the far extremes of them. And then I'd go, there were two other high schools in the district and I would go to those too. And that would give me my 72 students and I'd teach at the schools during the day. And, um, but so probably one thing you hear is in teenage girls, they have what's called the mutational chink. Yes. And that's uh, because at the back of the vocal folds, the arytenoids don't want to come together because they're just not ready. No. And that's something I try to, cause you know, they all want to, they all want to belt. They all want to. They all want to be Adina Menzel, basically. I mean, they don't know it's Adina Menzel they want to be. They they essentially want to be Elsa, uh -huh. and they're like, "How do I do this?" And I was like, "How very Norwegian! What a great reference!" Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they're just like, "I want to sing Frozen. I want to sing Hamilton," and I'm like, "Okay, okay. Well, let's let's take a moment and like let's look at some songs a little more." Thirteen. <laughs> You know, and then sneak in a classical one. That's what I would do, you know, and that was that. And then they'd hear that and they kind of love that, too. And, and it's not like you're trying, trying to tell them you have to do this or that. Here's music, you know, here right. you go. Have well, a just help them love their voice where it is now. Right. That's oh, right. That's that's a great sentiment, Sarah. Oh, love you. their voice where it is now. Like mine is well, out of practice and only thinking about how to make music over the Internet. Oh, I tried to tell like one little girl, I was like, hey, you're 13, like you should sing this song. I was like, because in 10 years, you're not going to be able to sing this song that's from the perspective. I was like, so sing this now. And then in 10 years, sing this other song that you're wanting to sing. It was a song from Hamilton. And, you know, it's like, Bur they're like, Burns, okay. And I'm like, you haven't been through marriage or infidelity or anything like that. Oh, we get to go all sorts of places in our repertoire that we will never go. Or yeah, yeah. yeah I was like, also, this is a Christian school and a twelve-year-old girl. I was like, let's not jump into that. I was like, how about we take this song from a little princess? Enjoy where you're at now. I remember one of your contributing authors, Robert Edwin. Yeah, we were having a chat. I, you know, back when I was in the eastern region of Nats, it was at a Nats thing, and he was telling me this. We were talking about this exact issue, Sarah, and he was mm -hmm. telling me because he teaches a lot of young singers in his studio, mm -hmm. and um, he was telling me about this young girl who wanted to come in, and gosh, I don't remember which Adele song it was, but it was one of the early <laughs> Adele songs. And yeah. so what he did was, and I think the girl was probably about that age, at twelve, sure. something like that. And so he and the mother wanted her to sing the song. And so he said, so I made them both come in and I gave the girl the lyrics and I said, read the lyrics to mom. And the mom at the end said, yeah, maybe we should, maybe we should reconsider that. Like. Yep. <laughs> That's great. Robert is 
so clever. Oh my God. Yeah, he really knows the children's voice and the what they can. And you know, it's important to know what they can do mm-hmm. and uh, and not what they can't do. And who knows, you know, should they be belting all the time? Maybe so. I don't know. You know, we don't, we really don't know that yet. Um, I just want people to love singing. Yeah. Where it takes them, it takes them. Just to keep singing. Well, especially like, okay, again, because mostly working with middle school girls. Mm -hmm. um, At that age, they're so Mm self-conscious that you just kind of... I, I, you want to foster that love and the confidence to keep singing, to keep putting themselves out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah interesting working with boys too. Oh, I'm sure that's probably yeah. almost harder at that at any age. It's well, their their um, testosterone zooms in and mm-hmm. it finally peaks and then it starts going down, um, and and it, about one percent a year, and mm. um, so. That is, talk about growth. I mean, the length is growing, the width is growing, you know, and our vo- and our, our vocal tract is three-dimensional, you know, and think of all the nooks and crannies that are happening. <laughs> and, and sometimes, and they, they grow, um, it's not like in an order, it's out of mm-hmm. order, you know, it's this grows first and then that, and then their brain doesn't know. So one thing that uh, boys have a problem with going through puberty is choking because the swallow muscles and the coordination of it changed so quickly. Really? Fast spurt of growth. I'm trying, I don't have any memory of doing that myself. But, I had no idea. But of course, of course, my voice went from being about right here to being about right here. Right. <laughs> so some of those voices start with no neck and then they go to a long neck, you know? And oh, I still yeah. don't have a neck. Uh, yeah, and I don't well, either. See, that's <laughs> why you didn't have any choking problems. Maybe. Might be. That, that is a problem then. Um, Karen, tell me about the last chapter, the, the, the training tools. You know, you have this wonderful chapter then at the end where you, you really get sort of practical in terms of application and ideas that people can use. Was mm-hmm. that always going to be part of the book? Did that, was that added later? Tell, tell me about that. I always wanted it to be part of it because I would mention some little thing about, well, how do you make these things happen? How do you address different ages? And I found that I use a lot of the same exercises for many ages, but with different expectations and understandings. And um, that you have to remap constantly. I really like my five day mini challenge. Uh, That's something I use all the time. And it's a comfort to people. So for instance, when I'm teaching I will teach people who are older, you know, maybe they're 69 was one person, 74 another, male and female, which is different. Yeah. Um, and instead of telling them, okay, you know, they'll come in, they're worried, and they've heard that I work with older singers. And, um, and mostly it's because I'm just really interested. Sometimes when they come in, it's only because they're just out of shape. Sure. Uh, and now they're not. Yeah. But then other times, it's because of that, what makes what is the problem? So I'll say, all right, we've got seven days in the next week. So I want you to five days out of out of the next week, twice a day, I want you to take this little straw, you know, and you're going to do your and I give them an exercise or mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. you know, or I will have them touch the sides where the obliques are mm-hmm. and get acquaint, reacquainted with what their muscles are supposed to do. Sure. Mm-hmm. I find in older people, a lot of what they like to do is overblow, 
you know, give it more air, support. Whoa. Yeah. No, it, when you become an adult, when you were a child, it was give it a go and go. But when you become an adult, you have to remap that because it becomes, you have to resist the air going out more. It just doesn't work. And again, going through puberty, boys will will go, oh, and, it, <laughs> and that's because they tried to blow when their resonator and the vocal folds were all different about all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but somebody being sent away with a five-day mini challenge is a lot more doable. Totally mm-hmm. agreed. Oh, yeah. Totally. And then there's the five-day rule and the six-week rule, which is, you know, try, first try it for the five-day and then try that doing that for, like, six weeks, and it becomes kind of yours. But it, it, but um, it's, it, it's an incredibly practical chapter, I think. Mm-hmm. I, just, I, I, I think that's one of the real values of the book, actually. Um, very much. I think, so too. I think so, too. And, again, um, Chadley had some say in all of this, too. <laughs> and his, his section on it is about the tactile and kinesthetic and auditory and visual, all all that stuff. And, you know, he, he when when you see him do a presentation, you'll see him take whatever that is that vibrates in your hand and you can feel it and then you'll turn the dial up yep. to you feel it. Well, mm-hmm. that's happening in our heads. But it's also when you get older, those things, parsinium corpuscles or yep, something like that's, that. You nailed it. They don't respond like they used to. Mm. So that's a different deal um and you i don't even i at, at my age i don't get the response in my head that i used to uh-huh. part of my hearing and part of them probably the the, the parthenian corpuscles so i think that's interesting another thing that i have talked about all the time is um there are five textures in singing and i this i, I made it up one day and i thought that was gosh i don't think i got that from anybody you know, one of those rare things where you might have thought of it yourself, but legato, staccato, coloratura, mesa de voce, and articulation, which can be consonants or it can be textures too. Mm-hmm. And all of those have to work. And so I had a really gifted singer, and actually, I um, actually she was at the Nats conference on the panel for classical singing, oh. and. Um, one of the things that she mentioned in that was when she came to sing for me first before she was even thinking of coming to northwestern um she sang everything was like oh my god this voice is so beautiful and um high soprano gorgeous and there were two things i thought were lacking and and that was being like just ridiculously snobbish um (laughs) one of them was that she could i thought she had a higher notes than what she was going to Uh The other one was that her coloratura wasn't good enough. And it wasn't like da 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 You know, it was like da 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 Little snags. Yeah. So there I said, well, and then I told her about the five. And she remembered that. You told me about five textures of singing. And when you can cut things down to that point, it just, you know, and you hear your own, I'm doing that, I'm doing that, I'm doing that. All those are good, but I can't do that. Man, she's known for it now. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, just as this is a more personal anecdote, what year did you join the Northwestern faculty? Um, I think it was twenty-eight or twenty-nine years ago. So, cool. so you would not. This is I, in no way would you ever remember this. But little seventeen-year-old Nick Perna auditioned for the <laughs> Northwestern voice faculty. Oh. I was either I was either going to come to Northwestern to work with Kurt, 
or go to Miami. And I ended up auditioning, of course, for you guys in the middle of March. And I auditioned for Miami in the middle of March. And I really hate cold weather. <laughs> I mean, I had a lovely offer from Northwestern. It was wonderful. But for, oh forgive, forgive 17-year-old Nick Perna for choosing warmth. Well, well, that's I totally get it, you know. And yeah. look how life comes around. <laughs> Indeed. You know? And Kurt Hansen is literally one of my favorite people on the planet. Yeah. And he, he and his wife know that I've had a vocal crush on him since I was 23. Uh-huh. <laughs> I couldn't even talk to him for years. It was just so beautiful. Well, anyway, that was long. long, I was a lifetime ago for me. Uh, But uh, uh, (laughs) anyway, Uh, so Karen, as you know, Vocal Fry, we are we are your weekly dash of voice (laughs) science, pedagogy and pop culture. And we just really, you know, in the era of COVID-19, I think our goal is with everybody we have on this entire year, we just want to know one thing outside of singing, because singing brings mm-hmm. us great joy, and we know singing brings us great joy. But what oh. is something other than singing that just brings you joy in life? Um, I love to watch movies. Okay, and, give us an example. Uh, what is the one Jojo something or other? Jojo Rabbit? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Taika Waititi, Jojo Rabbit, are you serious? I loved it. I just thought, wow. The guy who played Hitler was so clever. And- this is one of my favorite vocal fry moments of all time. <laughs> Karen Brunson is talking about Jojo Rabbit. I, th- I, this is, of all the things that I didn't expect to happen today, this is, this is near the top of the list. Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah, that was, what a piece of art, man. He's the- a genius. Oh, he Taika really is. is a genius. And honestly, I wouldn't go to those things myself, but my son, who's 37, said, Mom, I think you'd like Jojo Rabbit. And so I did watch it, and, and we did connect about it and had a good, some good laughs, you know. And, yeah, I just thought that was incredible all the way around. The points it makes, but how entertainingly it does it is just crazy that's amazing you know he's got a great he's got a great story that he tells basically about himself and how on uh when he when he was on the panel when they did um the when disney plus did the making of the mandalorian the star wars show from the fall he directed a couple of the episodes and and he tells this story about his career he's like well i made some art nobody really liked my art so i tried something else and nobody really liked me doing that and then, you know, I, I thought, oh, I could make, maybe make a, be a filmmaker. And he's, he was like, well, so we were in New Zealand and, and I, I met the guys who made Lord of the Rings. And I was like, you guys going to throw it? You guys have any old Lord of the Rings props? And they were like, yeah, sure. We have some, some bunch of like dumb monsters that we never used. Do you want them? And he was like, yeah. And that was how he made his first movie. And then people Aww. liked it. And then he was like, well, I guess, I guess I'll do this. Aww. I love that. I love that. Oh my gosh! You know, I mean, well, I mean, they're, they're... what they he was wearing, walking down the streets in that red thing, and <laughs> and then his friend, his little friend with the the black glasses. And then I love the last thing when he kicks Hitler out the window. That was <laughs> wow. This is one of my favorite moments. And then what are they moments doing at the end ever. of the movie? You know. With I'm gonna be honest. I've actually never seen. I this figured movie. this is and so I know great. It, I know it famous but and but, uh, my husband know, just gave me a look yeah they don't know what to do you know the little boy and the, and the girl and they start dancing <laughs> it's like i get that that's okay 
I get that. <laughs> oh, vocal fam, I wish you could see the smile on my face right now. This is great. Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, maybe not as surprising as Scott McCoy telling people he bred tropical fish, but I mean, but. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. The, the, but we but we've yeah. had some we've had some golden moments of people telling us what they enjoy on vocal fry and let's You're admit that that here in this era of COVID nineteen we could all use more smiles laughter and enjoyment. That yep yep yep. True. The other thing I really love is I love the country and I love Wisconsin and so we have a, a house out in Galena and we're in the woods and mm. I love it and to go into our little screened in porch out there when it's raining and blowing and it's just great we have so. a screen porch on our in our backyard and i love our screen porch it's one of the reasons yeah. i bought this house i'm oh. jealous i wish i had a screened in porch <laughs> i have mosquitoes <laughs> oh boy we got plenty of those in the south yeah yeah but see if i had a screened in porch i could keep them out oh well yeah that's but, true. That's but, what I about that. But dogs don't like to keep the door shut. That's the problem. How many dogs do you have? We just have one. Yeah, we we each have, have one. one yeah. Okay. Oh, I know. She would. I don't. I don't even want to know what she would do to a screened-in porch. The screens probably wouldn't last no, long. No, not with your dog. Room. No. She's not that bright. No, it would. <laughs> she's not bright, and she's pretty strong. It's a terrible well, combination. It would not go well. Yeah. My son has a dog, a cockapoo. His name is Stewie. Oh, He's the cutest dog in the world. They're so cute. They're yeah. just six little things. So he just turned 16. And oh. oh, I think that's what he is. Or is he 15? Anyway, it equals 81 years old. Yeah. Wow. But he still looks like a puppy. They do. And they're so cute. Right. And he was not curly. He was more, more caca than poo. Mm-hmm. And just so cute but he doesn't have any teeth left now he can't hear anymore and he Aww. used to scream all the time at voice lessons when he'd hear the overtone yeah he'd howl with it and, and that was so cute. sweet cute. yeah my dog howls along with police sirens every time a police siren goes past oh. <laughs> so sweet. boy you can watch their little support oh my gosh oh yeah <laughs> Um, do you guys, are you guys going back face to face or are you guys fully online? What, what's Northwestern's plan right, right it's now? Not, it's sounding like it's kind of hybrid. Yeah. Um, okay. it changes every day. Well, for me, it's, um, all of the voice teachers are teaching for the most part remotely. Yeah, sure. And Claire will be a clever way of doing remote also. Yeah. Um, all of the history and theory and diction will be remote. And there are just a few things, you know, we only have a certain, we have a great building. It's a, a newer building yeah. right on the lake. Right and, on the lake. Yeah, it's just gorgeous. And actually, I'm going to go over there tomorrow and retrieve some stuff that I need <laughs> for teaching. So, yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But I haven't been there since March. Wow. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been very fortunate that our building's basically been deserted all summer. And so I've been in there testing practically nonstop. Um, <laughs> so so the book is called The Evolving Singing Voice, Changes Across the Lifespan, Karen Brunson, Plural Publishing. Karen, where can they get the book? Uh, you can go to Amazon and get it. I'll just, I'll, I have a copy right here so I can just hold it up too. Yep. And you can get it at Plural Publishing also, but yep. Amazon is a good place to go for it. And I know it's here in the United States and in Europe too. Um, 
print copies all over the world, so it's exciting. Awesome. Yeah, and um, I and I and yeah, it does ship to Canada too. I know that um, yes. there were a bunch of questions about that with Kari's interview when we were doing the the thing at Nats, and mm, and uh, they were saying that no, 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 we we can get it to Canada. <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, and a nice thing um, with with my book was um, the. The current president of Coral Canada is Kelly Walsh. Okay. And she is a lovely, lovely person, but she invited me to come and do um, a week of classes having to do with all different ages. Uh-huh. It was based on the book and putting it into real life. Okay. And so here's my youth player, you know, from the ages of eight to. 17 i think they were and then now here's my women's choir now here's our children's thing that we do with with um, it's called shalloway youth choir and so i really did in one really intense week get to experience live many many people that um, this book had relevance to how fantastic that must have been a great experience oh it was and just going to newfoundland is worth it yeah i i've heard i've always wanted to go to that conference up there that they do yeah, I just, I just, you know, time yeah. and now COVID. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. but we're going to, we're going to, we're going to see each other on the other side of it. All of us are going to see oh, yeah. each other on the other side of all this. Oh, we're going to be so happy. It's going to be, mm-hmm. it's going to be delightful. Nats 2022. It's just going to be, yeah. uh, it's going to be great. All right, Karen, thank you for sitting down with Vocal Fry today. Yes. Um, well, great to talk to you you guys are really easy to talk to oh well we, we just try. <laughs> we're just you know we we try to be the least stressful game in all of media <laughs> yay I, you i think you accomplished it uh <laughs> because the day i start taking this seriously is the day i stop doing this podcast well and the same with me you know we can't take ourselves very seriously you know this is not rocket science this is this is something we're supposed to enjoy in life so yeah go. Although I don't know, this summer it's felt more like rocket science. Well, yeah, for you, <laughs> I, I my limit with all that stuff. I'm going to be on Zoom, <sighs> latency, and, and either there's where we're going. That's great. That's great. No, you guys, everybody's doing great. It's it's mm-hmm. vocal fam. Hang in there. We're all going to get there. We're all yep. going to have a great fall. It's it's going to be great, right? Right, Sarah. <laughs> it's, oh yeah. It's all going to be. It's all going to be good. All right. All going to be good. It's going to happen. All right, Sarah and I will be back with you next week, Vocal Fam. Karen, thank you so much. Oh, it was a pleasure. What Thanks, what, what a thrill! Great, great to have you. We'll talk mm-hmm. to you later. Good to see you. All right. All right.